Today I want to <clears throat> go another step in bound and determined. Everybody say bound and determined. I'm going to say this, you will never go anywhere until you become bound and determined. That means you are passionate about what you are going to achieve. I'm going to start off with Philippians, the third chapter, verse 13 through 14 in the New, New International Version. The apostle says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He's talking about perfection. Don't have time to preach that. But Paul is saying, I have not yet attained to perfection. And let me just go on record as saying, none of us seated here in the flesh will obtain perfection. It takes the power of Jesus Christ. But let me start again. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I'm going to forget what's behind me and strain. I don't know if you've ever led an animal, especially a dog. Have you ever watched them when they want something, you've got them on a leash? They'll strain every muscle in their body trying to pull toward what they want. I believe that's in our Christian walk. We've got to strain everything we have to get to where we need to be. So he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. Everybody say that. I press on. I'm bound and determined. I press on. Nothing's going to stop me. My wife's not going to stop me. My children are not going to stop me. My family's not going to stop me. The people sitting in these pews will not stop me. When God has called me into his his glorious calling, whatever that is, I'm going to complete it. And until you come to that opinion, you're never going to amount to anything. You can't allow anything to stop you from what God has called you to do. You say, that's real strong, Bishop, to say something like that. I mean it. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. How many of you today want to go forward into Christ Jesus? You want to go onward and upward and, and, and do what God has called you to do. I believe many of us sitting here today are living beneath our privileges But I want to say this today, you, you can make the difference. I hear people say all the time, I want to see a difference in our world. They watch the news and they say, man, I want to see a difference in our world. Well, I say if you want to see a difference, then first become the difference. You yourself must be different. You must be passionate. You must want to see something that you've not seen before. And to do that, you have to do something you've never done before. Now hear me when I say this today. Some sermons don't need to be preached. We've got a lot of people wanting to stand behind pulpits and preach. But that's not where the strength of the body of Christ is. It's a part of it, but not where the real strength is. Listen to what I'm about to say. Some sermons don't need to be preached. They need to be demonstrated with an effective lifestyle. It needs to be demonstrated. You say, well, Bishop, if you demonstrate it a little better, Pastor, then we might can follow and and be more productive. No, 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 honey. You're missing it. You you have really missed it. It's about you. 
You see, my job is to instruct. My job is to reach new converts and bring them in. But I said to the pastors back and back today, it's the job of the body. The job of the body. And we've done a poor job of it. But it's the job of the body to train up people, to go and pray for people, to reach people, to love people. You say, well, how can I do that? Easy. You have a passion to do what Christ said to do. And some of you here have a great calling in your life. I sense it. A greater calling than you've ever imagined. You say, well, I'm already old and worn out. No, you're just now vintage. Come on now, give yourself a hand. You are vintage. And I don't know about you, but have you ever gone to a vintage shop? You look at it and say, well, that's junk. And they'll say, well, that junk's going to cost you $3,000. Because it's worth something. It stood the test of time. So let me say again, sermons don't need to be preached. They need to be demonstrated with an effective lifestyle. I know we live in a do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do society. Now, that's fact. A do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do society. But just because it's prevalent doesn't mean it's correct. But here is someone I'm going to talk about today, and this may not be hyper-spiritual to you. But this is something the Lord impressed upon me because of the season and the time. Here's someone who was bound and determined not only to change their life, but the lives of people around the world. And for those that are listening now, on the podcast, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you. They live in the different states are listening, and I thank you. Can we give them a big hand for all those who are listening on our podcast? But here's a person that didn't just think about themselves but thought about others. I want to look at some of the things this person said. If you lose hope, Somehow you lose the vitality that keeps moving. You lose that courage to be, that quality that helps you go on in spite of it all. And so today, I still have a dream. (laughs) History will record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people. Now, I want to say this. No matter who you are, No matter what race you're of, no matter what status in society you are, there are good people and there are bad people. You'll never get away from it. There's good people and there are bad people. Now turn around and look at somebody and wonder, are they the good or the bad? There's good people and there's bad people. And it doesn't matter what their race is or where they came from. There's good and bad. And I've traveled around the world. And guess what I found out? There's some good people everywhere. And there's some bad people everywhere. That's just fact. So history will record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people. But the appalling silence of the good people. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. You need to hear that statement. This is why the Lord inspired me to say these things. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. 
He who passively accepts evil is as involved in it as he who helps to perpetrate it. He who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it. Everyone has the power for greatness. Not for fame, but for greatness. Because greatness is determined by service. Greatness is determined by your passion. You say, well, you know, I walked into the church today and I don't quite like what I see here. Have you ever thought about becoming something that's a better than? In other words, you are part of, of making it better than? Do you know why you go on to these social platforms and give your opinions? Not for yourself, but to help others. If you have a good vacation and a good spot, you want to write about it so others can enjoy what you've enjoyed. Why can't we, as the body of Christ, do the same thing and bring people into the house of the Lord and into an effective lifestyle? Greatness is determined by service. Pastor Mike said something wonderful today. He said, you don't get a title and then do the work. He said, you do the work and then you get the title. Courage is the power of the mind to overcome fear. Who said these things? Well, in his famous I Have a Dream speech, he proved his stance of being bound and determined. Now, you say, why in the world are you talking about Martin Luther King, Jr.? Not because he was an African-American and not because he was a civil rights leader. I talk about him today because he was, in fact, a man of God. I watched him. I listened to his words. I've known people. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that was with him was pure. Because some of them had evil intentions. Some of them, all they saw was, I want to make some money. But there were some people involved that were pure. And he's famous, I have a dream speech. He proved his stance, that he was bound and determined. <clears throat> and nobody was for him. He said, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. What do you mean? I have a dream that one day this nation, and boy, do we need this. Have a dream this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. And that's what this church stands for. Because he was bound and determined, Dr. King was shot in a motel called Lorraine in Memphis, Tennessee on April the 4th, 1968. And he died at 6.01 p.m. 55 years ago. And I'm saying that on purpose because 55 years have passed, but still his words live on. He was rushed to St. Joseph Hospital where he died. But that's not the message today. Here's the message. The spirit... That day of bound and determined outlasted anger, outlasted hate, outlasted prejudice, and outlasted time. 
that spirit of bound and determined. You can't kill it. Tony, you can't shoot it. You can't murder it. When that spirit is alive, it's contagious. One man changed the generation. One man changed the world. He changed our nation. One person that would not quit because it was safe to quit. But said, if a man hasn't discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. I wonder if we could say that in the body of Christ today. Yes, Dr. King believed in a dream, and he gave his life for that freedom. Here's the question for you today. What can you do? What can a person do that is bound and determined? I will not quit. I will not give up. Hmm. What can a person do? I'm a singular person. I'm just an individual. We can either throw our world into chaos or we can, be a, we can bring it into a place of peace, hope, and love, and harmony. We can do that. It's up to us. Hitler made a decision. One man made a decision, and he shook the world with evil. What can a person do that's bound and determined? Well, what did I tell you last week? Ask Abraham, the father of the faith. One person, Abraham. Listen to the message of last week if you don't know. Well, what can one person do? How about Moses? Born into slavery, but he saved a nation that was held in bondage. Ask Gideon. Some of these people I may be ministering on the next few weeks. Ask Gideon, who defeated 135,000 Midianites with only 300 men. Ask them. They did it. Ask Samson, one man defeated the Philistines. Now, what my pastors have been preaching on on Sunday morning at 9.30, ask the Apostle Paul, who reached his world, Pastor Kenny. He reached his world with the message of Jesus Christ and wrote most of the New Testament. And I stood in his cell in Rome, Italy. I went to where they incarcerated him. I, I stood where he wrote most of the New Testament. In a place you couldn't even stand up straight. So that we could sit in padded seats today. People have given their lives so that we don't have to hate one another. Or we abolish hatred and anger. I don't have time for anger or hate. It damages me too much. And the women are dealing with that right now and, and going through a course on, un, on unforgiveness. You understand how it damages you when you will not forgive? It damages you internally. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't damage. It's, it's like me drinking a cup of poison hoping that you die. It doesn't work that way. I, I think Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said love one another. So you ask the apostle Paul, he'll give you an answer. But then you have to ask Jesus, the son of God. And everybody turned on him. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 12 through 14. But this man, Jesus, but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. That word has been forgotten, Floyd, in the church of Jesus Christ. That one word, 
But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, it was done. When he said it is finished, it was done. And sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. How many people in here we believe that we've been sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ? We've been cleansed. It is the power of those individuals, of, of that oneness that comes into agreement that builds a strong cable that can hold mighty edifices. A cable, many strands coming into harmony, into unity. What could we do if people would come together? God's plan. God's plan through Jesus Christ. Watch this. It's relative. It's progressive. It's active and forward-looking. His plan is bold and bound and determined. Because what he said, it will come to pass. We can't be or do the same old, same old. We have to move from our past to reach our future in Christ Jesus. Which I believe is relative, progressive, active, and forward-looking. Will you be that one? Will you be bound and determined? That person that reaches out and brings transformation. I believe in you. I believe you can do it. Will you be that person that reaches out and brings that transformation? Changing lives of everyone you come into contact with. Everybody. How do we reach those people, Bishop? How do we reach them? How do we change our little world? It's not so little. You start changing it one person at a time. Reaching one person at a time. At a time. Loving one person at a time. Reaching out and touching one person at a time. See, many of us, we want, unless we can have vast crowds, we don't want to help them. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus, he met also with just one woman at a well one day. He's the master of the universe. He meets with one woman that changed the city. Listen, people are healed, saved, and delivered through this one name, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he was bound and determined. And this is a true statement. What I just said, it was because of Jesus. But it is Christ that you have witnessed. It is Christ that you have witnessed and testify of that brings the change. Jesus has done all he's going to do. Jesus has preached his last sermon. You hear me? He's told his last parable. Jesus has preached his last sermon. Now we are the continuation of that message. If we are to be like him, we have to be bound and determined and reach our hand out to hurting humanity. We have to do that. James 1.22 in the King James Version says, But be ye doers of the word. Whatever the word says, you do it. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It's time for us to be doers of the word and true disciples of Christ. Listen to me now. Disciples are not only those that have an intimate relationship with Jesus, but they take that relationship and do the works of Christ. 
The world will not be changed because we desire it to be. It will be changed because our actions demand it to be. Our actions, Pat, demand it to be.